Hello and welcome to another edition of Deeper. Uh, it's so good to have you with us. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to be talking about the passage I preached on on Sunday, uh, which is Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 16. Uh, and it's been so good to see how many of you have been connecting with us online and uh, watching these Deeper videos, but also the our online service. And uh, I hope that you join us again this Sunday. Um, and then the following Sunday, uh, we will be both online and hopefully within our building as well, be back to doing uh, all of our services. So uh, do please uh, stay in touch with us for find out more about that. So let's look at uh, Philippians 3, 7 to 16. And I would love you to read the passage. So do please stop the video now and read Philippians 3, 7 to 16. Great. So what's this passage about? Well, let's give a bit of context first. I think part of this passage is Paul talking to people within the church of Philippi who are trying to draw the Christians there back into some Jewish practices and some legalism. And uh, he's, he's countering that. And what he does in some of the verses just before verse 7 is he points to his incredibly privileged Jewish upbringing. He, he was taught by some of the best people. He, he had a great upbringing. And uh, he experienced things that very few Jewish men would experience. He had the privilege of sitting at the feet of some of the best teachers. He also had got to know the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, really, really well. And uh, in verse 7 he says, uh, whatever were gains to me, I now count as loss. Whatever these things meant to me back then, now I consider them just gone. They're rubbish. And uh, it's a powerful statement, isn't it? Because this privileged upbringing they had, others would have been envious of. Particularly those who were perhaps the, the Jewish Christian believers within the Philippi church. And he says basically that all that advantage had become a disadvantage because it blocked him off from the God he was looking to serve. It put the focus of his life on him, what he was he needed to know, gaining knowledge all the time, what he needed to experience in terms of worship and teaching. And see, so he says, look, all of that I now understand doesn't mean anything at all in my life now. It's not that those things were wrong and we shouldn't read it that way because obviously knowing the scriptures is vital. We all know that. Attending worship is vital. Being uh, close to good teachers is vital. But perhaps it's about his attitude to those things. His attitude in which he thought if he did all of those things that he would obtain righteousness. He'd be made right with God. And so he moves on in this passage to say that his righteousness does not come from the things that he does. His righteousness, he is made right with God through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that's why he says here in, this, in these verses that there is nothing greater than knowing Jesus. The unsurpassing greatness of knowing Jesus he talks about. And, uh, you know, the passion that, 
that Paul has for Jesus comes out in this. You know, the, he says he counts everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. It's just two things there. That knowing Jesus is the most important thing in Paul's life. But he didn't just know Jesus as his saviour or as his friend. He didn't just know Jesus because of the grace and love that Jesus gave him. He also knew Jesus as Lord. And that's an important point here, that he didn't just want to receive from Christ. He wanted to serve and obey Christ. And those two things go hand in hand. And we need to always remember that. It's not simply about receiving from Christ. It's about how we then live out what we've received. And so he talks about knowing Christ as Lord. All the education, experience and privilege counted as nothing. In fact, he says they were garbage. And the Greek word there is, is, can be quite a vulgar term and it was probably quite a slang term. Uh, and it meant muck. Uh, excrement, you know, you can put in your own words there and uh, it's not a good word. So he says all of those things, he now counts as absolute rubbish because he now knows Christ and that is far more important than anything else. I think sometimes we, we need to just check ourselves, don't we, that we're not chasing after something that is related to Christ but not Christ himself that we're chasing after the knowledge of scriptures. We're chasing after a worship experience. We're chasing after uh, good biblical teachers. Actually, we should be chasing after Christ. And so he says that, you know, he says it a number of times in these verses. He, he keeps basically saying the same thing. What was the past was rubbish, but now I count as gain knowing Christ. Now this is the most important thing. See, gaining Christ for him suddenly changed his whole perspective on his life. And uh, it's, it's fascinating, really, that in, in these verses, up to about verse 11, he's talking about how he used to be. That's kind of the pre-Christ Paul. Paul before Christ. And uh, in that, he, he talks about how now... He is different and is chasing after all the things that Jesus has for him. And so in verse 10, he says this. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings and to become like him in his death. And just that first bit, I want to know Christ. The Greek there could actually be translated I want to know Christ more I want to keep on knowing Christ I want to keep moving forward in my relationship with him I want to know all the power of his resurrection in my life I want to know his sufferings that's not one that we all want is it and yet it was so important to Paul that if Christ suffered that he too would understood that he might too suffer to become like him in his death. In other words, serving others, laying down his life for other people. And then in verse 11, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. He knew that whatever this life brought to him, whatever he suffered in this life, that it was simply 
preparation for the next. He was looking forward to what Christ had won for him. And then verse 12, he completely changed his tack and starts to talk now about here he is after Christ. And he's very aware here, I think, that some of his readers, having read those first verses, could imply that Paul thinks he is now perfect, that he is spiritually complete. And of course, when you look at some of the letters that Paul wrote, he is certainly countering some of that idea because he spoke in such powerful terms about his, his tra- transformation and conversion, about him chasing after Christ. He spoke so powerfully that some people thought he considered himself perfect. Well, he clearly doesn't. And so what we have here is Paul saying, look, I am not perfect. It says that I've not already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. He has got such a long way to go. He knows this. He knows that he has his flaws. He knows he has his weaknesses. He knows he has parts of his life that are still unchristlike. And I want to encourage you to always remember that when you read Paul. Paul knew his weaknesses. But he says, I press on. He knew he had to keep moving forward to know Christ more. He couldn't hold on to his past. He couldn't simply stay in the present. He needs to move forward. And some of the language within these verses from 12 to 14 uh, have a kind of racing connotation. And uh, that's a kind of metaphor that Paul uses quite a lot. He's striving towards the finish line. He's moving forward in the race. And uh, there's no holding back with Paul because he has discovered something of the power of knowing Christ. He wants more. He wants to press on. And the language here is strong. He says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. It's that kind of really putting a lot of effort he's doing into his relationship with God. He's pressing forward, he's striving, he's straining to keep on knowing Christ more. Because we all know, don't we? And Paul knew how easy it is to simply settle down, sit back and not put any effort into our relationship with God. Every relationship we have needs time and effort. Every relationship, and Paul knows that. And I I talk more about those verses in the Sermon on Sunday, which I hope you've watched. And if not, do please watch it. And and you can pick up on some of the things I said there. But verse 15, let's move on to that. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, well, God's going to show you that you're wrong. That's basically what he's saying. Because Paul was so confident in what God had revealed to him, he knew that even those who disagreed with him over these points, God would change their minds eventually. And uh, there's a sense here in which maturity is about knowing. It's not about knowing how much you know. It's about realising just how far you've yet to go. That's real maturity. And for Paul, who was this incredible man of experience and privilege and education, he understood just how far 
he had yet to go in knowing more of Christ. And then verse 16 says this, only let us live up to what we've already attained. It's a strange little verse to throw in there. But we're saying, you know, we've all come, every single one of us have come so far. Are you actually living up to that, that kind of all that you've obtained so far? Are you living up to it? All the reading that you've done about scripture, all the praying you've done, all the worship you've done, all the serving you've done. Are you now still living up to all that Christ has done in you? Or have you settled back? Have you taken the foot off the accelerator? Let's keep moving forward, living up to all that Christ has done in us. So that's what Paul is talking about here. And let's spend a few moments thinking about uh, what does all this mean for us? How do we apply it to our lives? So let's take things wide and think about how we apply some of this. As I read that, it made me think about how do I view my achievements? All the things that I think I've done, or perhaps all the things I think I've failed in. I've talked about this on Sunday. Are you still glorying in your the things that have been successful, or are you wallowing in your fa failures? And we all need to take a, a healthy view of the past. We need to be able to learn from the past but, and also move on from the past. We can't allow it in any way to hinder us from moving forward to know Christ more. See, when you, when you have success, it's really easy, isn't it, to, to take the foot off the accelerator. Um, most of you know that uh, I am a, a, a big Liverpool football club fan. Uh, last year, winning the Premiership for the first time in 30 years was massive. And everyone expected in some way for the, the, the team to take their foot off the accelerator this year. And you've seen a little bit about how they've struggled for those who've been following football, uh, but now seem to be moving on again. It's easy to take your foot off the accelerator when you've had success. And we also do the same thing with failure, don't we? Quite often failure leaves us feeling deflated and demoralized, lacking any motivation to keep moving on with what God has called us to do. So it's made me think about how do I view my past? Am I learning from it and learning in such a way that I am moving forward in Christ? The other thing that came out for me was, do I have the same passion for knowing Jesus as Paul does in this passage? You know, that's when um, in Greek, it's, it's all, most of that is like one sentence. Uh, in English, it's all broken up into a number, a number of sentences. But in Greek, it's like this stream of consciousness as Paul talks about his passion for knowing Jesus. And it's made me think about how passionate am I for discovering the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. And I think that's something that we can all reflect on. Are we truly longing for, longing to know Jesus more? The other thing it made me think about was righteousness. And no, I need to know we all need to know 
that we are made right with God, not because of our success, not, it's not down to our failures, it is down to Christ. Christ alone, our faith in him, his grace towards us. And so I would encourage you to, to think about how do I view my relationship with God? Is it down to the things that I do or is it because of what Christ has done? I even experienced Christians, you catch them talking in language that seems to imply that their relationship on God with God depends on what they do and not what Christ has done for us. We are made right with God through Christ and Christ alone. Of course, the big implication of all this is for us to think about how are we moving forward? Are we stagnating? Are we hibernating, which is a word I used on Sunday because this kind of lockdown time feels like we could hibernate? Or are we pressing on? Are we moving forward? And I think there's a real challenge here for us to, to reflect on our walk with God. Do we know him more now than we did last year or five years ago? Are we growing in our confidence in him, knowing that we are made right only through him? It's such a powerful passage that I want to encourage you to reflect on your movement forward. It is no accident that those uh, final verses were chosen as our verse for the year this year. That even in this lockdown time where I've seen so many Christians hibernate during this time, we need to be moving forward. We need to be pressing on, straining towards the, the goal that Christ has called us to. We can't hold back. And my final thought is just on that last verse. Are you still living up to all that you have attained through Christ? All that he has done in you, all that he has done through you, are you still living up to that or have you settled back? There's so much in these verses to reflect on and to apply to our lives. So I'd encourage you, read them again and reflect on your life as you read them. But let's, before we do that, let's uh, think about some questions for you to consider either on your own or in your missional community. So let's take things a little bit further. Uh, first question is this, what do you need to do to walk away from the things of your past? Because we need to do that sometimes in order to move forward. Are there things in your past that are holding you back, either your successes or your failures? So how can you walk away from those things to set you free to walk forward? Second question is this, there's a, a lot of, as I said before, a lot of kind of racing language within this uh, passage. Uh, and so the question I wanna ask you is where are you in the race? Are you sat on the sidelines cheering others who are in the race? Are you warming up, getting ready to be in the race? Perhaps you're at the starting line, ready to start the race. Maybe you're kind of at the back of the pack as everyone runs. Maybe you're just comfortably in the middle, just setting along, allowing others to set the pace for you, 
you're not you're not the worst you're not the best or are you straining to get ahead to press on to move forward to be at the front of the pack as you reach the finish line where are you and when you discover where you are what do you need to do to get to the next step if you're for instance if you're on the sidelines how are you going to start warming up what's going to happen what's going to change in your life so that you are getting to that point where you are straining towards the finish line third question is this are you putting as much effort into your spiritual life as you are in other areas of your life I don't know about you but I've uh, I've missed being connected to uh, to my family especially my daughters and um, I, I put a lot of effort into making phone calls and texts and all those kind of things and I guess most of us are we need to make the effort to connect with people don't we but every relationship needs time and effort and your relationship with God is the most important relationship you will ever have and so are you putting as much time and effort into that relationship as you are with other relationships? Final question is this. You may have been a Christian for a long time. You may have uh, had all sorts of roles within church, done all sorts of things for Christ. So the question is this. Are you still living up to all that you have attained in Christ? Are you still living up to that? All of these questions are a kind of reflection on where do you think you are with Christ and are you still doing as much as you could be in terms of knowing him? This is not about doing as much as you could be to serve him. This is about knowing him primarily and I don't want you to, as you reflect and discuss, to get sidetracked by thinking that this is about doing more. It's not. This is about knowing him more. And I want you to focus on that. And those four questions are all about knowing him more. And when we know him more, that's when we start to hear his call upon our life. And it, what we do comes out of that. All that we do should come out of us what, about what we know of Christ. And the more we know Christ, the more we understand our role in his plan for the world. So do please take time on in looking at those questions. Do it either on your own or with others, uh, particularly within one of our mission communities. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again very soon. So take care.